episode is proudly sponsored by Vividly. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I am thrilled that you are here because today we are all about transformation. We, I am talking with um, one of my former clients, Veronica Francis, who had an amazing story of transformation, which she is going to share with you. And what you're really going to discover is that you can find happiness and quantum joy alignment. You can align how you're feeling inside with what's going on outside of you. And my guest today, Veronica Francis, is going to help you to learn to play the Pollyanna Glad game, which is so cool. She is an author, she's a marketing professional, and she is owner of the Glad Shop in Littleton, New Hampshire. I have been there. It's an amazing town and an amazing store. She's also, again, a former client, and she's going to share her success story of how she went from stuck to rock in her midlife. And you're going to discover the power of gladness and learn how finding small, joyful moments can lead to big changes during midlife. So if you're feeling kind of stuck, and I think what I'm discovering in my own life is like you get to another plateau and the, the view is great and then it's time to change again. And you're always stepping outside your comfort zone, always reinventing yourself. If you're rocking it, it's a constant process of transformation. I want to let you know too, if you're looking to transform, I encourage you to check out Vividly. It's a platform that empowers women to transition, edit, and flourish through midlife. They are our proud sponsor of Rock Your Midlife. And you can check them out at live-vividly dot com that's live dash vividly.com and i also want to let you know if you are in the need of help with your self-care i am doing a free workshop on wednesday september 26th at 6 p.m and the information is in the show notes so i hope to see you there so before i bring veronica on and let her talk about her story i want to talk a little bit about some of the tips that I use to help Veronica rock her midlife and the tips that I can help you too. I think the number one thing is you got to face your fears. And I know Veronica is going to talk a lot about that, but we all are so comfortably uncomfortable, right? We're like doing the same old thing, getting the same old results. If you want to rock your midlife, you've got to face fear. You've also got to embrace change, which is again really scary but we are changing you know the the generation below us our kids and our parents are changing the world is changing our relationship with ourselves with our partner with work all of that is changing our bodies are changing as we go through menopause so rather than saying oh my god i don't like this why is this happening to to me you have to understand that change is a natural part of life and that midlife comes with all kinds of transitions and you've got to embrace the changes as opportunities for personal growth and new experiences you got to pursue your passions and i know veronica is going to talk all about that but you've got to reconnect with or discover new hobbies and passions you got to engage in those activities that you love that bring you joy and fulfillment in your life and the more you do what lights you up and brings you joy the more you increase your vibration you're at a higher vibe and you start to attract and you have what is truly in your best interest that's what i call that quantum joy alignment right when you're doing more of what brings you joy and you're seeing those opportunities and you're really transforming from the inside out you've got to prioritize self-care 
Like self-care is not this fluffy thing that you do when you have time uh, on the weekends. It's sure, manis, petties, massages, that's all super nice. But like for me, and I know my clients, self-care is just taking an empowered pause. Checking in with your breathing, noticing, am I breathing like just up in my chest and I'm all tight and my body feels like it wants to abandon me? Or am I breathing all the way down to my feet, all the way deep into my lungs? And then asking, what do I need right now? And looking at self-care, not as something that is a uh, selfish or is just something that's fluffy, but it's something that you make a priority throughout the day. You start to realize, oh my goodness, the more self-care I do, the more energy I have. It actually gives me time back. So we need to do self-care at work, on the weekends, at night, all the time. It's kind of like a 24-7 gig. So you've got to prioritize self-care especially staying physically active, like regular exercise activity is kind of like the, the magic bullet we talk about, but it helps with your mental well-being, certainly your energy, your sleep, it boosts your mood. So for me, physical activity is really the biggest go-to uh, in terms of really raising my vibe and feeling good. Another thing that's super important, and you might not want to hear this, and this is a message that I'm hearing, is you've got to look at your finances. Like financial stress can be a significant burden at midlife. So you've got to like do some budgeting. You've got to look at your future. We're living longer. I mean, my parents are 91 and 93. Yeah. I've been watching that great documentary, Healthy at 100. And I want to live another 40 years. I've got a great man in my life and we're doing all the things. But knowing your financial future is really important. So often we duck and cover and we don't want to change our jobs because of the steady paycheck and we're miserable. But sometimes if you sit down with a financial planner or you look at your budget, you know, you really take a hard look at things. It can be so powerful in your transformational process. Um, another thing is give back. Volunteering or helping others is so important. So help people in your community. It's incredibly rewarding. It's a great way to make those social connections. And it really provides you with a sense of purpose and fulfillment. And finally, finding balance. I know as I'm doing this, you might be listening to the recording, but we're heading into fall. And it really is the season of balance as daylight equals the time at night, you know, dark and light are balanced. And we're looking at, you know, the winter time and really re-looking really at our routines, our self-care, what we're doing. It's so important to find balance, finding the balance between what's happening in the inside and what's happening in the outside, finding the balance between work and play, you know, finding the balance between caring for yourself and caring for others. And, you know, the thing at midlife is we never actually find a balance point that sticks with us. It's always a work in progress because we are always growing and changing. So you have to kind of just uh, just juggle, which is something that my guest Veronica is literally awesome at doing. Um, I met Veronica, I think it was, was it five or six years ago? Six, yeah. It was six years ago. I was looking back at our notes and um, when she first came to me, I mean, she'll tell you more, but she was definitely like midlife is, this is not, I'm not liking where I'm at right now. And I think you were doing that kind of like evening cheddar and cheese, cheddar and Chardonnay thing. And it wasn't working for you. And you came 
Uh, and we spent, you know, quite a while working on coaching and, you know, you realize that, you know, growing up, the coolest thing is Veronica actually, uh, her family had an amusement park. She grew up literally next to a circus and together we revisited circus in her life and she stepped outside her comfort zone and made some significant changes over time. And now she is a she's an author. She's a marketing professor, and she's the owner of the Glad Shop in Littleton, New Hampshire. Which, as I said, is the coolest little town. It's got all kinds of neat shops and restaurants, and it's a great place to put on your bucket list. Um, and she's always been an optimist, uh, and she really uh, has really embraced the idea of Pollyanna. She opened her Pollyanna themed retail shop in downtown Littleton. And now she is managing her retail shop. She's promoting gladness through the online Pollyanna Glad Club. She speaks at events and she's still doing her own business. So she's really managing how do I, you know, do what I love, but also be responsible about my finances and my future. So she's going to tell us a lot more. So welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Veronica. I am so thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Ellen. I'm glad to be here. You are you are glad, and I hope if you're watching, she is actually in the Glad Shop and with all of the beautiful Pollyanna memorabilia. So, before we dig into your shop and what you're doing now, tell us a little bit about your story. What kind of um, what kind of triggered you to, to actually get some coaching help? And what was your life like before coaching? Well, thank you for having me. And yeah, I uh, always been sort of a fun-loving, easygoing person. I've been a, owned my own business since I've been 25, and it was in marketing, so it's always fast-paced. And I grew the marketing business over the years, and building up clients, and working, and going along fine until I met about my early 50s, and that's when I sort of ran out of steam. I felt burnt out. I was burnt out on my work. I was like always been a giver, but I was given a lot to everyone else. It was pretty much 24 seven with my, uh, with all my clients and then taking care of my mother who was getting older and needed more help. So I had the caregiving. I had my own family. I had the job and I was just feeling blah and flabby and I couldn't even think of what to do for fun. So if I had a few hours or a weekend, I was at the point where it was like, oh, I couldn't even get excited about pretty much doing anything that was fun. And that's when I, of course, was looking around on LinkedIn to try and get career ideas. And I fo started following your blog and your posts and had a, I don't know why, it, it touched and enhanced me enough to make the call or set up the free call. And we had a good conversation and I was telling you where I was at, that I was just sort of feeling blah. And that's when you asked me about self-care. And I did the same thing. I said, oh, I take good care of myself. You know, I exercise pretty regularly. I get the massages. I do the spa. And then we dug a little further. And that's when I realized that that's really just kind of self-maintenance. Like I was doing the basic. It wasn't the self-loving care where it nourishes your soul and you're doing something for me. And um, that's when I said, all right, I'm working with you. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to look into this further because if I can't figure out what I want to do for fun, no one else is going to help me. So 
Uh, that's when we started working together and uh, did a lot of visualizations, did a lot of journaling um, and looking at my values. And then what really used to bring me joy, right? What brought me fun when I was little? Um, and I had to really think about it. And of course, I grew up in a circus, so it wasn't too hard to find something that would inspire me. And I hadn't even thought much about the circus in the last few years. I didn't even look at anything. And once we, I realized and remembered the joy that came from circus people, they put on a show, they were in the moment. You know, when you go out in that ring, you can't think about anything else. You just do what your skill or your passion right there um, and the joy you bring to other people. So I started finding all the ways I could explore circus by um, learning a little more about juggling. Um, I signed up for a circus workshop, actually had to get in shape to do handstands and the trapeze. And I talked my husband into going to the circus retreat with us. And I worked with you to, to get in shape where I could actually hang on to the trapeze for the five minutes. And it was a th very thrilling. And I reconnected with stories and people um, in the circus industry that that's when I realized like, okay, I can find a little fun. And then I was still working too much but finding that little bit of fun triggered me to start looking for it more in my life. Yeah, it's such a powerful story. And it's so common that we we get off track. I know I did that. I mean, I literally in high school, one, you know, most serious. And if you see me on social media and stuff, I'm not serious, but we kind of like grow out of who we are. It's really mm -hmm. weird. We, and I know for you, you had to really break through a lot of ways of being, you had become like really serious and really intense about your work and stressed out. And that, that breath of circus, you started bringing circus into your, your, uh, your office and just mm -hmm. bringing that energy in. And it was really transformative. And I also love what you said too, about that self-care, right? Self-care should not be about maintenance. That thing that we have to do, like you take your car into the repair shop, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, no, you've got to like, you know, do that daily, you know, oil change, all of the things that you need to do on a daily basis. It's about feeling your best and giving yourself what you need every single day. I think it's such a huge change in mindset because, you know, we're, we're taught so much that self-care is about these frivolous little things that we do to recover. We go on a retreat, which is great. You know, we go on a retreat, we go on a vacation and then we get back to our life and we're like, oh my God, my life is still the same. Mm -hmm. But um, how did you get the courage to step outside your comfort zone and really look at some of your old patterns find the time for the self-care? How did you work with some of the fears that you had in particularly also your fear around gradually transforming your business so that you were able to do more of what you liked and able to sell off aspects of it so that you could, you know, have that financial security, but not having to hold on to, I think you had like, you know, over a hundred clients that you were juggling. How did you mm -hmm. deal with some of the fears in your life? Um, it was definitely a fearful time. And as I started finding the more joy, I wanted to do more, uh, you know, sort of work more into presenting, uh, getting out there more and with circus. But I had this huge business where my husband also worked, so I couldn't just quit it yet tomorrow and jump into a new career. Um, and it was, it is uh, my financial, it was supported our whole family. So that's where I was very nervous. And one thing that we did that was great was, um, and I was still feeling just overwhelmed and just hated 
pieces of the job. And you told me to start writing down each day, just take a notice, take a pause, take a notice. If I finish an activity, did that activity just give me energy or did that just drain me? Did that phone call that I just had with that client, do I get off the phone like, I can't wait to get started? Or is it like, oh, I'm done, I can't wait to get off the phone. And I kept a task in a little notebook next to my desk for a couple of weeks. And that's when the light started going off where I like pieces of my company and my job and the work I'm doing, but there's definitely pieces that I don't like anymore. And it was the technology part. It was the servers. It was the 24 seven. It was a lot of that, that I realized that that wasn't giving me joy anymore, which it used to. And I liked being the tech nerd and geek all through my forties and being serious and being at the table with a lot of men where I was the only woman and I played that role. And then I was sort of tired of that. I didn't want to play that role and I didn't want to do tech support. So that's when, um, through our work, I realized I didn't have to throw the whole thing out. So I, I researched, I did talk to business coaches. I talked to the, um, you know, the SBA has a lot of, uh, volunteers and professionals that you can find to look at your finances. I put together a plan where I could sell off the piece of the business that I didn't want to work on anymore, but keep the creative part. So I found a wonderful company, another woman-owned company who she loves the tech part. So we joined together and we merged our two companies. She took all the tech part. I could still keep the creative projects and the clients that I enjoyed working that gave me energy. And that gave me time to free up. Then I didn't know what I wanted to do because I did want to get in something with the circus. But when COVID hit, circuses got hit hard. I mean, if anyone in the performing industry, I was on these Zooms with these very sad circus performers around the world. And it wasn't the time to start any kind of a career in the circus presenting or so I took time and I did want to move my business now that it was smaller. I wanted to downsize downtown Littleton. And I looked around and I said, boy, it would be kind of nice to be right on Main Street, maybe get a little different vibe going. And I, the day I looked, the office I wanted came open. It was a mess in here. It was all in there. It was pretty rough. But the uh, owner said, you know, you could move in here. We'll fix it up. And it might be a nice shop to do some Littleton souvenirs. Maybe one thing that Littleton is known for is the author of Pollyanna was born here. And it's right near where the office is, is where we have a monument to her. And I always embraced the Pollyanna story. And I thought, hmm, maybe I could move my business there and just do a little more with that idea. And that's all I had. I didn't know how to do retail. I didn't know how to do anything that I was dreaming of. Um, but I realized I could keep working in my business part time and I spend the rest of the time figuring this space out. And you helped me take, it was little steps. It wasn't anything big. I moved in this place and it was pretty much empty and I'm working on my computer and that was fine for the first uh, year or so. But that's how I sort of went from a full-time big company. It was all small steps and research um, and finding the things that gave me energy and kept focused on those and let the, the draining ones go. Yeah, that is powerful. It really comes down to doing more of what lights you up, what brings you joy, coming more into quantum joy alignment, which is just, yeah, I'm going to do more of what 
is really in my soul. I mean, it's like, it's like you rediscovered yourself. I mean, I loved it when you sent me I think a couple of years ago, a picture of you as a child with a little red nose and you are this beautiful, joyful, energized woman and and you were not living your truth but it's it's so cool when you do that i mean it's scary because all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh not quite sure what the next step is like we lay out this track i always say it's like we're we're climbing up this ladder of success and we get to the top and we wonder why we're miserable because the ladder is up against the wrong building this is like not my building and where i want to be and you were like okay let's i don't know what that building looks like but I'm going to do more what lights me up and brings me joy. And that's going to give me more energy. And I'm going to see those opportunities. And when I'm not sure what to do for that next step, I'm going to do the research. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get support. And now you're in this beautiful place where you are both financially doing well because you've, you've held, held on to your clients. You've got this collaboration with this other woman and she's doing what you don't like. But then you've got this whole beautiful glad job. So let's talk a little bit about this this glad game. Tell us a little bit about, you know, Pollyanna, who, you know, she's a fictional character, but about what, you know, what she means. We think about being a Pollyanna as like not necessarily a good thing, but you kind of take have another take on that. Let's talk about what being a Pollyanna really is. Well, um, like I said, I'm fortunate where I'm right downtown Littleton, where the author of the original Pollyanna book in 1913, Eleanor Porter, she grew up here in our small New England town right on Main Street. She grew up here. She was a happy child, but had a lot of issues, health issues. Um, she had to struggle, but she always was creative. And she went off um, to Boston Conservatory, studied music, then started writing. And she wrote 15 novels, but Pollyanna hit it big. Um, and that one went to the bestseller globally in 1913. And the story just um, really just touched people's heart. It was um, the story, if you're not familiar with it, is the uh, little orphan girl comes to a town based on a New England fictional town like our Littleton here with a little main street and the train stations. And she has to live with her mean old aunt and everyone in town is grumpy and everybody's having tough times. And so she get, walks around her community and gets to know the old sick lady in one house and the servants in the other house. And Pollyanna teaches them all to play the glad game which is to find just one small thing you can be glad about today. Not tomorrow, not anything big, just what can you be glad about today? And it can be, oh, the sun is shining, or I got an extra scoop of ice cream on my dessert, or any kind of little thing that you can be glad about. And that glad game took off uh, back in the 1920s that there were glad clubs set up all around the world. Chicago had a big one. They were kind of pen pals. They would share glad greetings. There were book discussion groups and it did go worldwide. Uh, what turned immediately and it was interesting was just in a few years or it was even almost just a year within the bestseller of Pollyanna was that people started using it as a uh, almost a derogatory term that you're being mm -hmm. too Pollyanna-ish or that's so, you know, don't be a Pollyanna. And it's what it was, I think, is a reflection on where people were at the time. Uh, they weren't feeling too good. And when you're not feeling too happy, you don't really like to be around someone who's too happy. And I think it touched a nerve, but Eleanor Porter, the author, was horrified at this. I mean, she was 
No. And she went on a campaign. She came up to New England and did parades and speeches that it's okay to be optimistic. Even in tough times, you know what's going on. You can be a realist and you can be resilient is, a, I think, what Pollyanna, what she was saying, and still be an optimist and still find that one small thing to be glad about. And what she's really is it's gratitude, right? If you find something to be glad about, you're really saying you're kind of thankful for that. Like if the sun is shining today, then you can say, oh, I'm so glad it's the sun shining. Well, you're kind of thanking, you're thankful. So the underlining issue, and that's why it still resonates today, 110 years later, I have people every day in this small town come to, to see where she was born, and they still buy the book, they still download the movie, they have fond memories of it, and they say now more than ever, um, we need the Pollyanna story. Yeah, that's really powerful. And we're not talking about what's called toxic positivity, like everything is always great and wonderful because it's not. I mean, you know, I, I look at my New York Times app every day and I'm like, oh, my goodness, there is so much going wrong in the world. But if we stay in that low vibe energy, we are not being abused to ourselves. It erodes our own well-being. We can't make a difference in the world. So it's like I, that's why I love self-compassion, which is something we worked on a lot in our work together. So it's this idea that, yeah, there is suffering and I, you know, I have struggles and I'm suffering, but at the same time, I can practice gratitude. You know, mm -hmm. I can appreciate where I am. I can look at my strengths, all the great things that I have. Like, yes, the sun is shining. I have people in my life that I love. I have food on the table. If you're listening to this, you probably have electricity and internet and we have so much. There's always something to be grateful for. And the research really shows is that, Gratitude really shifts your vibration. It really makes, you know, when you take a look at everything that's going right and all that you have, um, you can't stay in that negative space. But it is interesting that so many people are in that, um, you know, that negativity place. But I think we, I don't know if you find this, we become addicted to the negativity. Mm -hmm. You know, people who are always scanning their phone for, you know, the next shoe to drop and, and looking for those things, just like you can look for what's positive and that's what you see, mm -hmm. like your story starting to see, okay, what's the next step and what's the next great thing I can do? Or you can be in this sort of fear bubble protecting yourself and always on the lookout for what could happen that's negative in your life. And that's what shows up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it, I, well, when I just got the store going, it was right before COVID. I mean, it was yeah. literally 2020. I opened 2019 a little and no one wanted to touch anything then. And that's when I said, oh my gosh, I have this retail store I'm starting. I didn't know people even would want to come in. Um, that was a really scary time. And I also didn't know what I was doing with a retail store. I didn't know, I don't like to decorate myself. I don't like to shop. I never really wanted to have inventory. I mean, I was really resistant to a retail store and it kind of just kept pulling me in. And so luckily, like you said, you find support. I had, I got my friends who do like to decorate, to come do the displays. I talked to my friends who like to shop and asked them how, what they buy and what I asked every customer. And it, I was really, I was also grieving. I lost my mother in 2019. It was really hard for me. I was grieving bad, but I had to still open up this glad shop. So I was literally like hiding behind the screen, crying at some points when you just get that wave. And then someone would come in and say, so what is this Pollyanna stuff about? So I'd tell the story like I just told you and I'd tell the story again and it would lift 
you know, all of a sudden I'm feeling a little better. I'm not crying behind the screen. I'm out connecting with people. It happened to me. I don't, can't even count how many times that happened to me. So the little message kept having me get support. I suddenly learned I wanted to do something creative. And I saw retail and all this store as a business and numbers. I realized that's my creative expression. The mm. funny things I buy, I can make, I want to make people laugh. So I can't get out there in front of an audience right now and with COVID, I said, but I can make them laugh in my shop. So I've learned to buy funny signs that make people laugh. I got funny sayings that I just scour around and look for. We sell the red noses for clowns. We sell some funny toys that you probably remember as a kid. And I have, I sit here all day and listen to people laugh. And that's mm -hmm. my creative expression through this business that I didn't really want to do that now I enjoy more than I did with the business I was so worried about giving up. So Yeah. So the lesson is what's well, a big, big aha lesson that you had kind of really stepping outside your comfort zone and so many lessons, le levels. What have you learned? That um, don't listen to the worry, the worry and the fear want to get in there and that's all i hear and if i took action on the worry and fear i would have just ran out and got more clients you know i would have done what oh i need more i gotta take the pause take that few moments like you say take the minute hold your heart think about and listen to the tiny voice it was a really tiny voice that said yeah you should rent that space and yeah you should do a god shop even though i don't know what a god shop is and that little voice kept and then I learned and pretty soon the worry voice started to calm down. I still have to slap it down sometimes, but the little voice and I realized that if I listen to that voice and like you said, you say, oh, I don't have time to meditate. I don't I take before I leave. I do that five minutes and I always say I have to be there in 10. I don't I say to myself, I need that five. That five will give me more time. I will slow down in the five. All of a sudden I'm gliding into my meeting rather than if I just rush down here and walk in. And so taking those pauses, that little voice that encourages you to do with the funny, weird little dream that you have inside that you say sounds crazy, um, follow it. Just do something each day towards that voice and little steps. And pretty soon you end up owning a whole business that you couldn't even explain three years ago. <laughs> and we all have that thing that we came to the planet to do. We all have this thing we want to do to rock our midlives. And I think midlife is the time to do it because so often I know your story, my story, we get on this course to please other people, or we think that that's the right thing to do. Maybe we learn in college, you know, it's kind of like, we're told like, you go to school, you do well, you go to college, you get a career, you make money. And that's the focus, you know, you buy a house, whatever that is. And it's like, you realize, wait a minute, this is not, this is not, I'm, I am off course. And how do I get back? So if you're listening, I don't know. I think it starts with just, I mean, I like what I told you is, and I talk about this a lot in my book, Rock Your Midlife is, what did you love to do as a kid? What brought you joy? Can you go back to kindergarten? Like for you, can I go back to the circus and really connect with that circus energy? And I think that circus energy is kind of what was the thread that, that gave you that joy alignment 
to create. It, did. it was the laughter and the humor and the dog. Right. The dog. I found the dog. all the way. I started listening to, I watched a funny stand up for a few minutes. I watched more old silent movies. I danced around goofy. I got a funny dog. I did whatever. That's what circus and the joy. And I like to laugh and I want to laugh more. And I wanted to share that. And that's where that taking those few funny moments kept leading me because really I've been picked on my whole life as a Pollyanna, you know, I, and the, the Pollyanna story here in Littleton, the sculpture has been there 20 years. No one wanted to promote it because it takes courage to stand up and say, yeah, you know, even though you call me goody two shoes and we're Pollyannas and we don't, we're not paying attention and we're airheads. No, I took that and I, turned it into my, I could, I, it would be hard for someone else to do it. So when you say you find your calling, that's when people say, you're the right person to do that, <laughs> that business. <laughs> and it's great. So people can actually visit. And then you also have um, a Glad Club online. I know people can visit. You're supposed to touch her shoe, right? Isn't that the thing? You're supposed yeah. to like, yeah. I've been yeah. there. You have a it beautiful is. sculpture of her, a bronze sculpture in town, and you can rub her shoe for good luck. <laughs> so. So tell us a little bit about the Glad, the Glad Club that you've created. And you have a mailing list. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them? If they're not coming to Littleton yet or they want to know about it, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Great. Well, the Glad Club, I started based on those old ones in the 20s. And it's just an email club where I send out a Glad greeting from the Glad shop each month. And what I found was a lot of women were coming in and men who said, oh, I've always been called a Pollyanna too. And they look a little, you know, sort of whispering it to me. And that's when we tell everyone that we're proud to be Pollyannas. And I give them this one special sticker and I have handed out hundreds of these to people from around the world. We get visitors from all over. So the Glad Club, you can sign up. The best place is to visit my website, veronicafrancis.com. Um, the Glad Shop, I have it online as well. It's the GoLittletonGladShop.com. And from either place, my site or the Go Littleton um, Glad Shop has information about the shop. And you can link on and do the join the Glad Club yourself and just enter your email. And I don't spam you. And I just try and send some Glad greetings and connect with other people who embrace their own inner Pollyanna um, and want to just embrace that story again. All right. So it's veronicafrancis.com or it's uh, go, Littleton, go Littleton. Go Littleton Glad Shop. Go Littleton at gladshop.com. I do get the newsletter and I look forward to it. It always puts a smile on my face. I encourage you, go visit Littleton. If you're like doing that New England thing, if you're doing the like the leaf, uh, you know, mm. peep, what do we call it? Leaf peeping. Leaf peeping. Oh, yes. Yeah. Looking yeah. at the leaves. It's a beautiful time to go and to, to do that. So before we go, final words of wisdom. If you, if a woman's listening, so you're listening and you're wondering, oh my God, I feel so stuck. And my self-care stinks. I don't like my career. I don't know what to do next. What's the one piece of advice that you would give a woman who's listening, who wants to rock her midlife, but is like, I have no idea how to get there. Well, for one, I would read your book or your tip sheet on how to rock your midlife because it's definitely um, all the tips work. I, I think it is reconnecting with the joy. You know, we all need a little joy or laughter, or whatever brings you joy um, and, and incorporate just a couple minutes a day. So even if you feel 
blah, you can't get excited about anything. Um, you're not looking forward to much. What is it that makes you, is it looking at whatever it is on whatever you can find, just give yourself those few minutes a day and that the big dream and the big change where you're going to change your whole career or you're going to change your whole lifestyle, what it's not big steps. It's the little joyful moments each day. And then that little voice in your head says, yeah, all right, let's keep going. And then pretty soon you're rocking your midlife. <laughs> right. Well, that is fantastic advice. Yeah, it's really it's it's feeling that joy because the joy, if you're looking to manifest the joy, the, the emotion is what attracts that to you. Your thoughts are really important for like creating the scaffolding, working with the coach is great, getting lots of, you know, people to help you figure out how do I get there? But then you've got to have that energy and be in that energy, find that energy, joy, quantum alignment so that you can attract that. So I'm, I love your story. Thank you so much for sharing. I want to thank you all for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, just go to the midlifewhisper.com. That's the midlifewhisper.com. Check out that, uh, that self-care workshop. I'm looking forward to that. If you're listening later, reach out to me and I'll send you the replay for that. And do check out Vividly. They are a sponsor of our show. It's Live Vividly com. Thank you so much, Veronica, for being here. It's always a pleasure to see you. And thank you again all for listening. We'll catch you soon. This episode is proudly sponsored by Vividly.